smart and work hard, but just aren't where or who you want to be. Welcome to your podcast, Real Confidence. I'm your host, Alyssa DeVere, and I'll be sharing a bit of brain science, some surprising social secrets, and a touch of tough love. Why? Because I believe confidence is everyone's fundamental right and choice. So let's get to it. I know I say this in every podcast, but I am so excited with this guest. And here's why. Because not only is Bruna de Paolo a neuro nerd, just like I, she actually titles herself as a neuroscience-based executive coach. So you're going to learn some good brain science today for sure. But she is living and breathing right now in Italy, because that's where she lives. So I live vicariously through Bruna uh, in that way as well. So welcome to the podcast, Bruna. I'm so happy you're, you're joining me. Thank you so much, Alisa. My pleasure, truly. Well, we totally geeked out when we first met, and we're going to do it again here now for everybody who's listening. But lots of what you talk about in particular is so applicable to real life, real work, real careers. And as we were kind of prepping for this, I love your perspective on that people are eagerly looking for career change and probably doing it in a way that is just putting them in a bad, vicious cycle. So before we get to the neuroscience of this, maybe just spend a minute and explain kind of like your perspective, why you're poking in this space, what you're seeing, not just in Italy, of course, but from all your clients around the world. Uh, thank you so much, Lisa. Uh, this is really a hot topic and it's also one of my favorite because uh, I come from a wrong career, a very truly unfulfilling career where I wasn't feeling alive at all. That's where my journey started and that's where part of my knowledge comes from. The other part, as we say, come from neuroscience and understanding uh, how career should develop. But I would say it all comes from feeling uh, I was dead inside every day, nine to five, and just waiting 6 p.m. to finally go out and leave, except but then I couldn't really leave because I didn't have the energy because eight, nine hours of unfulfillment don't just go away. Uh, with the blink of an eye only because it's now finally time to enjoy life so this continuous unfulfillment was waiting uh, on me so much but then i felt dead even when i was able to, to to do my own life so that's where it all started my understanding of how we should um live and how we should you know run our careers so and you see this now through other people's eyes and you use the word dead inside that's a really powerful statement maybe can you break down really what that feels like for the people you know how do they other people describe that feeling yeah well first of all i'd like to say that this has nothing to do with the job or the company uh, because it was a great company uh, great colleagues uh, nice environment even some opportunities for growth and the salary wasn't bad and i was in it come on there's nothing bad about that the problem of feeling, of feeling that inside was very much about me and the lack of resonance with all these. So I ended up in what I call a golden cage. It was all, all golden from the outside. It was just the inside. It wasn't me. But it was very difficult to understand what was the problem because on paper, everything was fine. Looking at friends and colleagues, everyone said, yeah, that's what a career is supposed to be. Why are you complaining? Luckily, I didn't accept that feeling and I kept searching and searching. It, it took a very long time, though, until I finally 
see what was wrong in that. And what was wrong is that in my career in IT, I was doing pretty well because I was a very committed professional, but it was all coming from an effort. It wasn't coming natural. So in my career, I wasn't expressing my gifts, who I am as a person. So instead of living as a human being, I was acting as a human doing. My being wasn't present at all in what I was doing. So that was the problem. And that's where the sensation of feeling dead inside comes from. Wow. It, uh, wow is not trivial. It, I don't even know what to say. I kind of feel like I want to cry. And I, and I say that because 30 years ago, 20, 30 years ago, I was also in the tech space. And I remember having a conversation with my manager, who I'm still very close with to this day. And I would say to him, I know I'm doing good work and I know it's relevant and you're rewarding me, but I, 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 it's just not doing it for me. And he used to say, well, you know, the technology is helping all these people and it has all this great impact. I'm like, yeah, but I'm not seeing, I'm not feeling it. And I don't know if it was that moment that I was like, I've got to go find it. And I, I thank my stars every single day that I was moving out of that space of deadness. What happens when you hear that from other people though, that are living in there, are they stuck? Do they know that they're dead? Like what, what's the symptom and what is the, the vocabulary they're using? Cause I didn't have the vocabulary then. Oh, I totally get it, Alisa. I didn't have it either. And that was part of the problem is because I was surrounded by people who were kind of in the same situation. It made it look and feel like normal. I'm grateful that my, um, my being didn't resonate with these and was screaming inside for a different solution. So it didn't became the norm, but the fact that it was normal for everyone else, it made it difficult like for you to find a vocabulary. I mean, I didn't know exactly what to express. I only knew there's life out there and I'm here lost and stuck and I don't know how to grab it. And that's what I really, really wanted. I wanted to feel alive, but I didn't know how to phrase it. So what I said at that time is, I just want to change my career. But change my career is too generic. What, what else can you do? That was the obvious question that um, another person would ask. I don't know. Okay, what else can you do? I don't know. I know how to design websites. That's all I could say because at that time, I thought that a career should be based on your skills and expertise. But that's the perfect trap <laughs> because if you only count on this, there's not much that you can move. So the big revolution came when I realized that I shouldn't have looked at skills and expertise and I should have looked at myself as a person to finally open up new perspectives. But in terms of vocabulary, the only thing I could say at that time is like, I'm not well. I feel there's something wrong. I wish I could give, get, do more. But it was all so generic and no one could help me really understand the, the core of this all. And therefore, I couldn't see any solution. Yeah. So I think that a lot of people search for culture as the cure. Right. They, they say, I'm going to leave this company. The culture doesn't align with me. And I'm going to go find another company that has a culture that resonates with me. Is that a solution or what do you what are your thoughts on that? Well, I say that it's already a step ahead compared to where I was, because at that time I wasn't even thinking in terms of, in terms of culture. Now, things have changed. I'm talking about more than 10 years ago. 
things are changing. Of course, there's much more uh, talking about culture and purpose and meaning, and that's already a huge step ahead. However, I would say the culture, as much as purpose and meaning and happiness and wants, they are not a good compass to tell you what would be or what should be the right step for you. Why? Because you can have a company with an amazing culture. Uh, the companies I work for were not bad at all. That makes you feel even worse if you work in a company with an amazing culture, but still you don't feel alive. It means that it's, that's not the problem. So what we should pursue instead of happiness, culture, and so on, which are important, I'm not saying no, I'm saying that we shouldn't use them as a compass. We should look at something else, and that is aliveness, a sense of aliveness. Because at the, end, at the end of the day, if we feel inside that we are dead, what we're asking for is feeling alive. And that is an emotion. So if it is an emotion, we need to um, add the emotional dimension to our choice of a career. I can't ask for an emotion and then go for culture because the two things are different. They don't, they're not on the same level. One contribute to the other. But if I want fulfillment and aliveness, my emotions are the first thing I need to look at to ensure that I go in a company that not only is great on the outside, but resonates with who I am as a person. You speak in my language, my friend. Again, I'm kind of close to tears here. I know our listeners can't hear, but you can see I'm like literally glossing over. Like, this is so awesome. And what's awesome is here I am speaking to somebody who speaks English as a second language and you throw out this word aliveness that we have to spend another few minutes on because aliveness, the way you just described it is beautiful, but let's get really down on that. What do you mean when you speak about aliveness? You said it's an emotion, it's a feeling. Is it something that it's in me or the company or both? And you also use this resonance word that I love. Do they both have it? Do they both have to be aligned? Talk to me about aliveness. Okay, so aliveness, it's a word that I love together with fulfillment because I, I didn't have them, this word at that time, I didn't use them, but they totally represents what it is that we should pursue. Not only because of course it feels great, but because it's the key for mental and physical health as well. And even more, I can tell that aliveness is the key for financial growth too. So let me tell you a little bit more. Firstly, it's an emotion, okay? And by emotion, we mean energy in motion. It means something, uh, there's a stimuli outside that triggers a movement of energy in our body, which generally is due to some, the production of some hormones. Is that energy in motion that makes me feel in a certain way? Now, the thing is, is when we feel alive, that we put our brain in the condition to perform at its best. If we don't feel alive, we cannot perform 100%. We can be truly committed because we are serious professional, as I did in my previous career. I can do pretty well, but it comes out of effort. And over time, it's not sustainable. I was putting a lot of effort, but there wasn't any feeling in return of that. So aliveness is that sensation that you have, that you're contributing with your being, with who you are as a person. And as I said before, you don't act anymore as a human doing, but you work as a human being. So you feel alive and you express your being through the doing. So the being has to come first. So aliveness is only possible 
when you do this, when you bring who you are into what you do. And because you do this, you tend to produce that balance, specific balance of uh, neurotransmitters that allow your brain to perform at its best. And in fact, this is key for peak performance. And that's how aliveness can also help you uh, achieve certain financial goals. Because, I mean, if you look around and you see people who are truly fulfilled and successful, it is, they are successful, healthy, successful, because they express who they are into what they do. And when you do this, you also have the big benefit of using your natural gifts. So which means whatever you do, you do it in a certain flow and you tend to do it better than others because it doesn't come from effort. It comes from commitment, but not from effort. It comes from a gift. And that's a whole different story. So that's how you feel alive at work. It's when you use your gift, when you exploit, leverage, and use your being into the doing. That's the key. I got chills. I love it. So I warned you listeners, this is going to be awesome. And it is, we're going to take just a few minutes here and a few minutes, a few seconds. I can't even talk. I'm so dumbfounded. Brenna, you say so many things that my brain just grabs. And I love that, but I need to give sponsor love. When we come back, let's talk about how people can find, identify, and use those gifts that you just mentioned. Let's get down and dirty on those. We'll be right back. This podcast was sponsored by the American Confidence Institute. ACI trains smart, hardworking people how to use basic brain science to more effectively coach themselves and others. ACI is endorsed by top universities, the Strategic HR Management Association, and International Coaching Federation. Learn more about ACI's uniquely empowering keynotes, workshops, e-classes, and coaching certification at www.americanconfidenceinstitute.com. We're back. We're going to talk about how you, my friends who are listening, can find and use those gifts to feel aliveness, as Brenna said earlier. So Brenna, tell me, I feel like I tripped on them over time and it took me 57 flipping years to finally figure out my gifts. And you're right, the financial flow and everything came around it, but it was very happenstance. So if somebody's listening and they're like, I want to find my gifts, I want to feel alive, I want to find that career that makes me resonate in a positive, productive, high performance way, what do they do? Good question. There are a number of things that they can do and they're all based on observation. There's not much sitting and thinking about what should be my gift. It's not about this. It's about observing. After all, we said uh, aliveness comes from expressing your being through the doing. So what you need to do is not thinking, is observing, noticing when you tend to feel alive. And if you feel alive, most likely, it's because you're doing something that somehow involves one of your gifts. So observation in this sense is key. Um, some concrete actions that your audience can take is um, perhaps preparing a report and every day, every moment that they feel alive, question, what is that I was doing? What was the trigger that made me feel alive? What does it mean in a wider picture of my life? And how much of this uh, do I normally have in my life? How much my current career is tapping into this, into this gift. And eventually, what can I do to, to express it more in my career? So 
Preparing a report, it can be as simple as an Excel file like this, as long as it's handy. And every time you notice a fluctuation of your energy, you may want to report what's the gift involved or what is the activity that is you know, bringing your energy down. And because you wanna make decisions, if you wanna change your role, if you wanna change your company or industry, based on that, you wanna make decision based on how you function and how your brain and body respond to external stimuli and not just thinking what would be right or wrong for me. What's right or wrong for you, it can only come from how you react to things. So observation is key. Now, some other uh, tips here could be, uh, think about what is that people tend to compliment you about more often. Other people tend to be way more objective than us in noticing our gifts. I've been told a few things like, for example, that my energy was uh, contagious, it was very inspiring. You know, I've heard these things so many times. It was nice, thank you. But it never ever occurred to me, Alisa, that my energy could ever be a gift or an asset. Now that I have a completely different perspective, I can tell why I was so unfulfilled. I mean, I was in front of a keyboard in silence all day. So my, my greatest gift that people recognized and I took for granted, it was closed in a drawer. It wasn't utilized. No wonder I was feeling unfulfilled. So looking at what is that people tend to say more often about you is a great way to be objective. And you should have a long list of gifts. And I'm not talking about five or six, which is what normally my clients, you know, bring when they start this exercise and you ask, and I ask them, what do you think are your gifts? They come with five, six items. I'm talking about something way longer that goes beyond uh, talents. By gift, let me just spend a word on what, what is that they need to look for. What is a gift? Firstly, we say gift is uh, that thing that when you use it, it makes you feel alive and it makes you do better and faster. So a gift um, can be framed as something that somehow comes natural to you. When you use it, you tend to do it well. And that when you use it, it makes you feel great. So if something picks these three boxes, probably it's a gift and you wanna discover at least 30 to 50 of them. And it's not necessarily a natural talent. It can be something that you have acquired over time. Maybe something that you've absorbed from your culture, from your family, from your religion, or it can be something that you painfully <laughs> learned through your life. Maybe you come from uh, a tough situation and you manage to turn that poison into medicine. And when you use that knowledge, you tend to feel great. Uh, it comes natural to you. You tend to do better and faster because of that experience. Then that is turned into a gift. So again, observation, listening what other people say, even going back to old uh, praises from previous bosses, for example, or recommendations on LinkedIn, what is that people tend to notice? And then reflect, okay, they have noticed this, this and this. Does it pick the three boxes? Comes natural, makes me feel great, and I tend to do well and faster when I use it? Then it's a gift. And there are, of course, other techniques, but I think these are the most uh, important to start with to create this long list. And that list becomes a compass that gives you a direction on what role or company 
you should uh, go for. So you will notice that then culture, as you said before, will resonate with you. I'm just saying we shouldn't use culture as a way because we will lose all the power that comes from discovering our being and therefore the possibility to bring who we are into what we do. Oh, I love it. I remember many, many years ago, we were sitting around my dining room table and my younger son who liked to do this often in some form went around and he said, you know, we're going to say something nice about each other. But in this instance, he said, just one word that you would use to describe the person next to you. And my father, who was not what I would consider very um, intellectual, was sitting next to me and he said, Liz, you're solid. And I said, dad, what do you mean by that? He goes, I don't know. I, you're just solid. And my sister said, it's like when I go to a family event, I don't feel grounded until you're there, until you show up, then all of a sudden I feel right. And I thought, how do that, how, that, how do I use that? And so here we are today talking about confidence, talking about aliveness, talking about our gifts. And so my gift at that moment became very evident to me that if I can help other people feel more confident, not only does it help them, but it really makes me feel good too. Exactly what you said. And Bruna, talking to you today, talking to you last time when we met, you make me feel really confident too. And you make me feel very excited to know there's another neuro nerd and somebody out there that's crusading too. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I know people are going to want to reach you and, and get some of your tools and, and your books that are coming out and things that are just going to change the world. So what's the best way to reach you? Uh, thank you so much for your kind words, Alisa. It's been a great pleasure. And yes, I'd love to be in touch with your audience. They can find me on my website, www.brunadepalo.com or my new website that is fully dedicated to uh, career change, specifically on this perspective you know, on aliveness, that is www.thecareerchangemaker.com, where there are some tools, there's a program, there's a, there's a blog, with lots of insights, because I think the first thing that we need to do, Alisa, if we want to make the world a better place, and I know this is the aim of millions of people in the world, we need to start by making our own human revolution. And the, the first step is understanding how can we be more fulfilled because only if we are fulfilled, we can inspire others and give more and spark this positive revolution. So changing career or in any case, making a choice that will make you feel alive is all but selfish. It's, it's really the best way we have to serve the rest of the world. So I highly encourage everyone to discover their gifts and find ways to express them more in the world. will make such a huge impact and so many levels. That's, that's really my wish. Mine too. Mine too. And my wish is that you and I do a lot more of this kind of work together because it's just fun. And thank you. Molte grazie. Molte grazie. <laughs> I to come to Italia, practice my Italian with you. In the meantime, thank you again for sharing your wisdom today. Grazie, Lisa. Thank you very much. Thank you. So before we completely wrap up, I want to let you know that full transcripts and show notes for this and other episodes can be found on the website www.americanconfidenceinstitute.com forward slash podcast. 
I also want to remind you once again that the best way to get confidence for yourself is to give it to others. And you can do it so easily just by liking and sharing this episode on your favorite social media channels. You can even give me some confidence fuel by sending in any comments about the topics I've covered or ones you'd like me to consider for the future. So for now, this is Alyssa DeVere. Thank you for helping to bring more confidence to the world. This podcast was produced by Mindful Media. All rights reserved by Alyssa DeVere and the American Confidence Institute. Music written and performed by Jeff Weinstein.